hopefully you all have uh, found your new pew, and you are uh, getting in, and it's nice and cozy. Uh, if you did not get the pew that you wanted, come early next week, uh, and you can you can take it back. Uh, what is yours? I uh, do I do want to thank you again for your uh, humility and charity as as we are constantly uh, making changes, not not just for the sake of change, but uh, hopefully you'll be able to, to get in. It really looks nice there being a lot less purple than there normally is, and so I really do appreciate that, and being a little closer together, uh, we get to, uh, our singing uh, sounds sounds better, and, and everybody's moving around just a little bit, so hopefully um, you can get used to seeing a different side if, if, if you've made the swap from one side to the other. Uh, if you don't like it, uh, it was Bill Jarrett's idea. He's the one who did all of this, and he intentionally said, I am not going to show up this Sunday. I'm going to let everybody cool off for a week. Maybe they'll put out their pitch, uh, their, their torches and put down their pitchforks and forget about it next week. So um, next week when we come together and somebody says, why do we have the pews like this? We'll say, well, we did it last week, and so we have to. Uh, so we'll we'll try to stick with that. Uh, I want to uh, spend some time. Hopefully, uh, you've been encouraged and challenged uh, to look through the Gospels as we have been uh, over the last several weeks. Uh, two weeks ago, uh, I mentioned that there were 98 days until Easter, and and we are hoping to make a pretty big deal out of uh, Easter this year and and really ramp up. In fact, we're going to do some things leading up to it uh, that will help us. Uh, as we get uh, closer to Easter and remember the sacrifice that Jesus made for us, and, and that's coming in a few weeks. Uh, but leading up to that point, we've encouraged you to spend some time reading uh, specifically the Gospels. There's 89 chapters. Uh, if you have not started reading the Gospels, it's not too late. Uh, we have 84 days left, and there's 89 chapters, so uh, read a couple chapters here and there, and then once a day, and you'll be caught up. So for those of you who took that challenge to heart, and you have been looking through the Gospels, uh, you should have read uh, chapter uh, 14 of Matthew last uh, yesterday, and 13 on Friday, and of course you'll be at 15 a little on this, this week. And so I'm going to kind of hover in that area, and there's something I want you to see, and, and we're going to have an uh, elder make a presentation just a little bit. And hopefully that will kind of tie in with this idea of what God is calling us to. But in Matthew chapter 13, we have an opening up of Jesus sharing a parable uh, with the people. Uh, parables were sometimes used to help people understand, and at other times he used it as a way to kind of mask or hide what he wanted uh, people to hear. But in this specific one, in Matthew 13, not only is he going to tell the parable, but we're also going to have him explain the story uh, that he shared with them, this, the parable of the sower. The sower takes the seeds and he casts it out and it lands uh, in four different places. And he's going to describe each of those places. And we won't spend a lot of time looking at that. I think you're familiar with it because you read about it on Friday. Uh, but he uh, cast out the seeds and talked about what happened in the different places that he landed. There were four places, but there's one more that he didn't mention. He didn't talk about the soil in which no seed was cast. Why not? Well, it's pretty obvious. Because if no seed is cast on the soil, nothing is going to grow there. 
there will never be an opportunity for a harvest on the soil that never had a seed planted. And I think that's going to be kind of a theme that we're going to see as you're reading through the Gospels uh, this week, uh, specifically Matthew chapter 15 and 16 and on a little bit more. The idea that God calls us to give our little. In fact, he's going to talk about it in greater detail in verse 31 when he talks about the parable of the mustard seed. And he says it's, it's one of the smallest seeds that we have, but when it's planted in the ground, it will grow up large enough uh, that its branches will allow birds to come and perch on it. And what he's saying through this is, give me your small and I will make something big from it. He continues on again in yet another parable talking about something small when he says in the kingdom of heaven, verse 45, is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and he sold everything and he bought that pearl. And he's talking about the importance of taking the small things and God can do big things with that. And then this idea of faith is going to lead us to a very confusing statement made about Jesus' ministry when He comes to His hometown. He's there and people see Him and they've heard the stories of the miracles and now they're ready to see one and they say, show us your miracles. And He says this, only in His hometown and in His house is a prophet without honor. And chapter 13 ends with this very odd statement. It says, and He did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. You see, God can take our small and make something big, but do you know what He requires of us? He requires of us to give our small to trust. You see, that's what faith is. Faith is like love. It's an action. It's not just something that you feel. It's not just something you think about. Faith isn't really faith unless it's acted upon. A seed can do nothing outside of being planted in the soil. You can take a seed and you can hold it and say, man, you know what this is? This right here is a seed that comes from an apple. And this seed is going to grow up into be a tree. But that seed will never grow to be a tree until what? It has to be planted. Jesus is going to say throughout this whole section we're looking at this morning, give me your small and I will make something big. And that's why we have placed here by Matthew the story of Jesus who feeds the 5,000. Jesus is there with a large multitude of people and He looks at them and with compassion on them, He says, you need to give them some food. And His disciples around Him, they look and they said, what are we going to feed them? We only have five loaves of bread and two fish. And Jesus says, that's not enough. We need a lot more. You've got to do better math than this. Does he send them off to a town? Does he say, call Domino's? Maybe they can deliver. 
What does he say? He could have done it any way. We know from Exodus that the way that God chose to feed people is that manna appeared on the ground uh, and the quail came down. He could have fed them that way. But Jesus wanted to say, give me your little and I'll make something big. And they said, we only have five loaves and two fish. And Jesus says, bring them to me. He doesn't say that's not enough, or man, we're going to have some hungry people. He doesn't come up with an alternative plan. He doesn't have it rain down food. He says, I'm going to take your little that you give and I will multiply it. He feeds the 5,000 with that and then the very next scene we have Jesus walking on water and guess what it's going to talk about? Being willing to use the faith that you have. Jesus walks on water. The apostles in the boat, they see Him. They're afraid. Peter has this great idea. Peter has a good idea. Peter has an idea. And I don't even think it's a good idea. If you think about the logic, it's pretty awful. He says, if you are Jesus, let me walk out on there. Well, if he's not Jesus, he would love to see Peter go boop and go down to the bottom. But he says, if you're really Jesus, let me come out there. And Jesus says, come. He says, give me your little, take the step. He begins walking out, and we know the story Peter is out there, he looks around, he sees the waves, and he gets scared and he starts to sink. Jesus grabs him and he saves him. Don't forget that. Jesus saves Peter. But then he says this, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? All you had to do is look at me and bring what you had and I would take care of you. Now this is chapter 15. For those of you who didn't wake up this morning to begin your reading, I'm already jumping ahead, so spoiler alert. But guess what's going to happen here? Guess what chapter 15 is going to be about? It's going to be about faith. In fact, in chapter 21, we have the story of the faith of the Canaanite woman where she comes to Jesus. And I love this story because it's so utterly confusing and you have to really dig deep to find out why is Jesus ignoring her why is he pushing her away why does he refer to her as a dog and she continues to come and say but even the dogs get to eat the crumbs that fall off the table and Jesus comes out of the character that I believe He was playing in, the character of the Pharisees who would have said, you're not good enough and you don't deserve anything. He was saying, this is how everybody else is going to treat you because you're a woman and because of your social status. But He says, you have great faith. And Jesus is going to grant her request. Jumping ahead 
just a few more verses, we're going to have another opportunity to see how God multiplies faith. And this is the feeding of the 4,000. Again, he looks around at the people. He has compassion on them. And he says, okay, I don't want these people to go away hungry. You need to feed them. And I don't know why the disciples don't get this. I'm really struggling with this. But they look and they say, we don't have enough to feed them. And he says, how many loaves do you have? And they said, we have seven and a few small fish. Well, if they fed 5,000 with five loaves and two fish, and now there's 4,000, that's a thousand less. This is just counting the men that didn't include the women and the children, so lots more than that. But now they had more food than they had. And they look at Him and say, we don't have enough. And Jesus says, give me what you have. Bring your little to me and I will make it big. Feeding the masses. Healing the daughter. Walking on water. God provided the miracle, but He called the people to have faith. All throughout Matthew 13, 14, 15, and 16, we see faith being an integral part of our walk with Jesus. And that leads us up to this morning where we're going to close out in Matthew chapter 17. Jesus has now been on the mountain of transfiguration. It's another story I love. And I love the story because of Peter. Peter is just a fantastic knucklehead. I mean, I just... I love Peter, and in some ways I hope that I'm like Peter because he is just gung-ho. Even if he doesn't know what he's doing, he's excited. And the, the story of the transfiguration is a perfect example. Jesus is up there. Uh, he's shining like lights. They see what they believe is Elijah and Moses up on the mountain. And it actually says... Peter did not know what to say. So he spoke. (laughs) And he says, let's build shelters. And And God comes down with a loud voice says, this is my son, listen to him. Which means, Peter, stop talking. And they come down the mountain and we see this very odd scene. After this amazing event has just taken place, as they're walking down, Jesus, Peter, James, and John from the mountain, they get down and the other disciples are down at the bottom. And you know what they're doing? They're doing what they seem to do so well. They're arguing. Verse 14 says, And when they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before Him. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. 
Listen to this. Jesus says, O unbelieving and perverse generation, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out from the boy, and he was healed from that moment. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, Why couldn't we uh, drive it out? He replied, Because you have so little faith. He said, Because you didn't believe. Give me what you have. Now, Matthew doesn't record this, but Mark chapter 9 does. In this same story, when the man is there, he begs Jesus, and he says, if you can do anything, have pity on us. And Jesus catches that small little word, and he says, if? And the man says, help me overcome my disbelief. He says, I have a little, but it's not much. And Jesus says, give me what you have. Plant the seed. I've got an idea for a really good slogan that I'm thinking, I don't know if I can trademark it because I've heard it elsewhere, but I really think this whole section could be described by just three words. I think, I think what Jesus is really trying to say, if you translate it from the Greek, I think He just says, just do it. Wouldn't that be an awesome slogan? I really think, I think that's what Jesus, I mean, if you're talking about Matthew 13, 14, 15, and 16, and 17, you can really say, Jesus says, just do it. Give me your faith. When he's talking to his hometown, and they say, you can't be the right one, we can't believe you because we know you. And he says, just do it, just believe in me. Peter, going to walk out of water, is it really you? Let me come out. And Jesus says, just do it. And the people come and say, how are we going to feed the 5,000? We don't have anything. All we have is five loaves and two fish or seven loaves and a few small fish. And Jesus says, just do it. Give me what you have. And let God do amazing things. You are here because someone took the faith that they had and they cast it into the soil of your heart. And God has done amazing things. But like life, we all have seasons. Of ebb and flow, of up and down. Where harvest is plentiful and when the fields are bare. And I want you to know, if you're in a season right now where you're looking out and you say, there's nothing going on in my life. I'm empty and I'm broken and my prayer life is not where I want to be and I can't see God and I don't even know if I can seek God right now. I just want to encourage you, take the little seed and cast it out. Just do it. Believe 
that God can do powerful things through the little that you have and He can be glorified through it. This morning, we're going to sing a song of invitation. And I am encouraging you, I am inviting you to make the change that will allow that little seed to be cast out. Give it to God and let Him do great things. If there's any way that we can help you this morning, please come as we stand and sing.